Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hello, my name is Andy Prince, and I will be reading from Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? I'll show what it's like when someone comes to me, hears my words, and puts them into practice. It's like a person building a house by digging deep and laying the foundation on bedrock. When the flood came, the rising water smashed against that house. But the water couldn't shake the house because it was well built. But those who don't put into practice what they hear are like a person who built a house without a foundation. Flood water smashed against it and it collapsed instantly. It was completely destroyed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Andy, thank you for reading the scripture today. We appreciate you doing that. So just real quick, the the next message series we're going to start next week for all of August is going to be the series Difficult Conversations. No one likes difficult conversations, uh, but there are plenty of of conversations to be had out there anymore that are difficult. And so how do you do that? I mean, how do you talk about some of those really big ticket things, you know, like religion, politics, money, and race? How do you have those conversations? And how do you have those conversations in a way that's more about reflecting the goodness and glory of God than it is about winning the argument? We're going to talk about that all through August. I think it'll also help set us up uh, well for the beginning of the school year and all kinds of other things that are going on. But today, we're going to uh, finish the series, uh, Reimagining Our Past, as we look at Habits. Anyone here ever try to break a habit? Yeah, yeah. I think all of us have. Yeah, sure. Every now and then there's something happening. I really should stop doing that. Has anybody ever been 100% successful? Yeah, crickets. Wow. No, we don't. No, we. It's it's hard, right? It's hard to break a habit, to change a habit, to start a new habit. It's really, really hard. Well, let's let's talk about just habits for just a little bit. So there's basic elements of habits. There's, there's the, the thing that prompts you, the stimulus. It's the, it's the button gets pushed, the, it's the, the trigger, it's the environment, it's a situation. It's something that prompts you to do that thing, that habit, that habitual act. And so that's the second thing, is, is the actual action, right? It's the thing you do. I mean, so most of us probably have the, the habit of brushing our teeth at night, Right? Okay, yeah, so that's a really good thing to do. So, and so the, the, the stimulus is, I'm about to go to bed, I always brush my teeth right before I go to bed. So that's what you do. So you do the thing, you brush your teeth. The third piece is the reward. Every habit you do is because there is, in your mind, somehow there is an attached, a reward. Now certainly for teeth, well, it feels good to have fresh breath, and you want to go to the dentist and they say, hey, everything looks great. That's what you want. That's the reward. All of our habits are that way. There's some kind of prompt. There's the action that you take, and there's some kind of reward associated with it. So they've done this really interesting scientific studies on habits. Uh, and I, I'll just throw out two books that are really, I think, they're really outstanding. One of them is the big, kind of the big book, uh, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Uh, it's been out for a few years, uh, talking about our habits where those come from, how they have, they work, and then also talks about habits of organizations. Excellent book. The other one is uh, The Habit Trip, which is more of 
uh, kind of a personal thing. So if you're like, man, I always struggle to break a habit, to change a habit, to start a new habit, it is a great book to work your way through because it is kind of a you read, and then you go, okay, I'm going to fill in the blanks here. It's really, uh, it's really helpful. So those are a couple of resources I would point out. They're not Christian books, but they're, they're really, really helpful about this. So the good news about the science of uh, habits is that you and I can successfully start new, helpful, healthy, life-giving habits. We can do it. The bad news is that your brain never really forgets the old bad habit. It never really forgets. And it's real easy to just lapse right back into the old habit. Right? I mean, you, you know how this works. Uh, your, uh, your, your routine is, you know, when you get all done with dinner and you've got the kitchen cleaned up and you've kind of done all the things you're going to do for the day and you're going to go ahead in there to watch TV. You're going to sit on the couch, watch TV, because that's just what you do in the evening. And so on your way, you grab some cookies. And you go to sit on the couch and you eat the cookies while you're watching the TV. At some point, you say to yourself, I don't know that I should eat cookies every night. You know, because you went to the dentist and they said, you have a cavity. You're like, I brush my teeth before I go to bed. Nope, you got cavities. The doctor says your, your blood sugar is, not, is out of whack. You, your clothes fit tighter than you want them to fit. Whatever it is, but you're like, I don't know that I should be eating cookies every night. Sitting here in front of the TV. So you think, I'm gonna, I've got to stop doing this. So it's, we, we usually start with willpower, right? It's willpower. I know that bag of cookies is in the pantry, and I am not going to go get any of them. Not going to do it. And that works. Maybe a day, right? Then it's, okay, when I finish that bag... I don't want to waste them, exactly. <laughs> That'd be wasteful. When I finish that bag, then I'm just not going to buy any at the store. I'm not going to have any. I'm, just, I'm not going to go buy them. I'm not going to have them in the house, which is actually a pretty good approach. There's more to it, but that's a pretty good thing to do. Except you go to the store, and guess what? You have a habit at the grocery store of doing the same route. Every time you go to the grocery store, you go buy your weekly groceries and you start and you go in over here and you pick up that and you go here. And right. I don't know about you, but when Mary and I go to the store every Saturday, and we've, I've seen some of you in the store, and we, we're doing the same route. Same route every time. And so then you get to the aisle where the cookies are. And guess what? what this, this old habit, this old bad habit that you thought you had really squelched is lurking around a corner in your brain, clapping its hands, jumping up and down, going, we're on the cookie aisle. And you can't help yourself. You, you're going to get cookies. That's, that's the way our habit changing usually goes. That's the way it usually works. So you have to create a new habit. You have to have a replacement habit. You can't just say, I'm going to stop doing it. You've got to replace it with something because there's a reward there. There's a reward in your mind for doing that activity. So there's, that reward is going to be saying, hey, remember me? You've got to rethink and have a new replacement habit. Maybe you're embrace a different reward, something that will get you off of the old habit to establish the new habit. I mean, one of those ways we do, it's, uh, you know, the 30-day programs... 30 days of, or 30 days to, and those are, not, those are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. Mary and I have done some 30-day programs of different things, different times. 
It's just don't focus on the 30 days. Because a lot of people think their the job is I'm going to endure for 30 days. Not going to eat cookies for 30 days. The problem is, if your focus is that, then on, guess what? On day 31, the bad habit is in your brain, jumping up and down, clapping his hands, going to day 31. You've got to focus on really establishing the new habit for the reward that you want to receive. Now, the other thing is, is that you have to remember all of our habits have roots. They all have roots. How do they get started? How did that habit get started? When that, that thing happens and I act this way, I do this thing, why is that? Well, it started somewhere. How did it start? And what was the meaning of it at that time? And maybe you realize, gee, that's how it started, but that doesn't really fit me anymore. It doesn't really fit my life anymore. Good grief. Maybe I can let that go. You have to look back into our past and reimagine your past and figure out how it works out in the present. See, my grandparents always had a big old ceramic cookie jar on the counter that had ginger snaps in it. They were just store-bought ginger snaps. My grandmother was a wonderful cook, and she made delicious desserts, but they just bought store-bought ginger snaps for that cookie jar. I loved, okay, love ginger snaps. Didn't really have them at my house that much. We had other desserts, but not ginger snaps. They were just ginger snaps. And so as I thought about this one night eating a ginger snap, and I realized what the reward is, is the fond, fond memories I had of being at grandmother and granddaddy's house. That was by far my favorite place to be when I was a kid. And they, they lived in this old farmhouse in the middle of a field in the panhandle between Lubbock and Amarillo. My favorite place, hands down. So I was kind of recreating in my mind those great feelings. So once I identified that, you can begin to think, okay, there's another way I can reconnect to that without eating ginger snaps every night. Well, I, I hope you know I'm not trying to be flippant about our habits. I know there's people, there's some folks who have habits that are not healthy for them and that are extremely difficult to change. And I know there are people that, that's just, that's true for a, of a lot of folks. And I'm not trying to be flippant about it. It's just, but, but the dynamics of habits, the elements of habit, the change of habits is the same. It's, it's going to be the same, whether you're eating cookies or you have other health habits that are uh, harder to change. We all have habits. The good news is we all have habits that help us to reflect the goodness and glory of God. The bad news is we also have habits that don't help us do that. So, we look in the Bible and we see that habits were important to Jesus. Habits were important to Jesus. Now, um, he likened it to building a house. That you have uh, the stimulus is, well, we need a house to live in. So we, got, you know, we need a house. So you're going to build a house. That's the practices. That's the action. That's the things that you do to build the house. What is it? We, we're going to build it on sand. We're going to build it on a rock. We're going to, what is it? The way you do those actions, and the, <coughs> excuse me, the reward is then you have a house to live in. You have a roof over your heads. But is it adequate? Is it really what you need? Because when the difficult times come, will it stand or will it be swept away? Habits, the ways that we go about doing these things to reinforce what we want to have in our life. 
But we just need to make sure that we hear Jesus here that it's, this is not just an analogy about your life in general, your financial foundation, your, your physical health. Your, that's all good and fine. And Jesus would say, yeah, oh yeah, you've got to pay attention to that. Absolutely. He's talking about the house of faith that you're building. That your, your life of faith, the way that you not only believe, but the way you demonstrate that belief. Those practices are how you build your house of faith. So how are we doing on our practices of building that? See, the Bible didn't really say uh, habit. That was a word invented later on. It's practices. What are the practices that you have? And so the practices of the faith uh, in Jesus' time would have been you know, going to synagogue, uh, to hear the Scripture read, uh, and to hear teaching, uh, to present offerings to God, to uh, take care of the widows and the orphans, to all those things. Those are the activities of faith, the action of faith, the habits of the faith. Except that's, there's more than that. That's, that's one of the things Jesus was always doing, trying to say, but, but there's more than just checking the box that you've done those things. There's more to it. There are things to consider and pay attention to that's more than just that. So in, in Luke chapter 11, there's just this one verse that we're going to unpack, because he, this is where he really begins to get uh, at this. In Luke 11, uh, and we're going to read it kind of in sections. So the first, he starts off by saying, how terrible for you Pharisees. How terrible for you Pharisees. Now just remember who the Pharisees are. Because Jesus often criticized them, we think of them as terrible people. They weren't terrible. These were people who knew God's law better than anybody else. These were people who kept and followed God's law better than anybody else. It's just that Jesus was trying to help them to see something. So he says, how terrible for you Pharisees. You give a tenth of your mint, rue, and garden herbs of all kinds. Now, give a tenth. So that's the tithe, right? That's what, from way back in the Old Testament, the idea is, is that everything we have is a gift from God. And so when I receive these good things, well, I give a tenth of it back to God, a tithe. So if you, if you harvested your wheat and you had 1,000 pounds of wheat, well, 100 pounds of it is going to go to God's work. You had your flock of, of sheep, you had 10 lambs born that year, well, one of those lambs is going to go to God's work, right? And that's how it works. So he's saying, you're, you're doing that, paying attention to that, even down to these tiny things. The activity of tithing, you're paying attention to these little bitty tiny things. While neglecting justice, and love for God. While neglecting justice and love for God, you're doing all these activities, you're checking the boxes, but you're neglecting <laughs> pretty big issues. Justice and love for God. And he concludes with this, these you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You should have paid attention to justice and love for God without neglecting the practices. Keep doing those. If you want to tithe your mint that you're growing out back, good, keep doing it. You also have to pay attention to this. There are larger issues going on. Well, okay, so this is not the only time in the Bible that Jesus says, put, you know, there's a teaching that says, so put this into practice. Create a habit. <laughs> Make this be your habit. So, uh, so the scripture that, that Andy read was in Luke chapter 6. If we retreated just a few verses, 
that we have the list of the things he's teaching. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just, we're going to have some bullet points that kind of highlight the things that he says. These are the practices. These are the things to put into practice in your life, to create these habits. So in chapter 6, Jesus says, Love your enemies. Do good for those who hate you. Make that a habit. Bless, pray for those who hate you. Make it a habit. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Important practice. Don't judge. Don't condemn. Forgive. Give. These are your habits now. And be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Put these things into practice. The very, the, the, then he concludes with this. He says, if you do these things, these practices, these habits, you will have a great reward. There we go. There's a reward for the habit. You have a great reward. You will be acting the way children of the Most High act. For he is kind to ungrateful and wicked people. God is kind to ungrateful and wicked people. And so since we're called to be holy as God is holy, Jesus says these are the things to practice. These are the habits to have, to live into that. Because you see the threat of the house washing away is not just a natural disaster. What he's saying is in your building your house of faith, there are those times that you will get swept away if all you're doing is checking the boxes. I go to church most of the time, I pray for meals, I occasionally look at the Bible. If you're just checking the list, because there will be efforts to sweep you away. So, how do we do this? Um, uh, every day we're going to have new stimuli, new uh, button pushing, new triggers for us to live these out. Well, just back to the science of habits, just real quick. So one of the things they say is, is that the one critical thing you've got to have, uh, in addition to, uh, okay, I've, I have figured out the reward, that I, and I know where this habit comes from, and I know, but you've got to believe. You've got to believe. Belief is critical. You've got to believe not only that you can do it, but you've got to believe that the reward is the right thing. The reward is where I'm headed to. It's the right thing, and I know I can do it. You've got to believe. If you don't have the belief, it'll be hard to change. The only thing that makes that more powerful is if you're in a community of people who share that belief. This is science telling us this. If you're in a community of people who share that belief, this is part of the genius of uh, the work of Alcoholics Anonymous. A person gets started because they, they realize their life is unmanageable, and so they, they begin to understand that sobriety is possible. Sobriety is possible, and that is what will save my life. That's the right thing. And they're surrounded by a community of people who believe the very same thing. Well, we're gathered here. We're gathered here because we believe. We believe that Jesus is the Christ. We believe the Word of God is the way we're supposed to live. We believe that. And we're surrounded by people who believe the same thing. 
we believe. So we create these habits, these practices of not just going through the motions of the activities, but truly living out the faith even when the flood rages. We can stand firm. Let's pray. God, we're grateful for uh, these practices that Jesus teaches. But God, they're hard. They're hard. And they have been, they have been for 2,000 years. They don't get easier. So God, give us uh, the courage. Give us the wisdom. Give us the support that we need to be kind and compassionate and forgiving even when people are not that way to us. So that we can stand firm in our faith, we can stand firm in your love. So that we truly can be the light of the world. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.